What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This is the SPM Show. This is episode number 283 of the podcast. My guest today is Brian from Adobo Pizza, and we have an interesting story for you today. Brian has been on the podcast before, has a Neapolitan-style pizzeria in Tennessee, and he's joining me on the podcast today to talk about how he changed his business model completely from selling Neapolitan-style pizza, which, as you know, does not do well with takeout or delivery, to Roman-style pizza. He closed down for eight days, trained his whole staff to make Roman-style pizza, reopened with a whole new business model in only eight days. We talk about how he managed to do all of that in such a short period of time, as well as a little bit of the intricacies of the loans and all of that stuff that's going on right now for small businesses. Very casual conversation with Brian, smart guy. And uh, I really enjoyed doing this podcast episode with him that you're about to listen to right now. Before we get into that, I have to say thanks to our sponsor for the show today, MailShark. If you're looking to grow your restaurant sales, which right now you need to get as much exposure as you can, consider adding a direct mail marketing campaign to your business. Get started right now with 500 free mailers from the MailShark. They're more than a direct mail printer. They partner with over 12 years experience in a proven track record with direct mail marketing for pizzeria restaurants. You can get started today with 500 free mailers. Take advantage of their no money down, mail weekly, pay weekly, direct mail marketing campaigns. You can do all of that by calling them direct at 610-621-5116 or you can visit their website, themailshark.com forward slash SPM. Again, that's themailshark.com forward slash SPM. Take advantage of this, 500 free mailers. Get your message out there. The mailboxes aren't cluttered right now. Perfect opportunity for you to get your message out there. Again, that's themailshark.com forward slash SPM. Before we get into the episode, which we are just about to get to, I want to say thanks to everybody who joined us for the first ever Pizza Summit 2020. Well, the first ever virtual Pizza Summit was a smashing success, if I do say so myself. We had over 35 sessions, 25 speakers. It was a great opportunity for you to come hang out with us learn a little bit about what's going to be working in marketing and also ask some questions from the guest experts that we had on like Anthony Falco, Scott Wiener, and so many more. All of the recordings are available only inside of our mastermind group. Now they were available for a week for free to everybody. But now if you're part of our mastermind group, great. Congratulations. You get access forever to all of the recordings moving forward. If you're looking to learn about what's working today, talk to other owners who are marketing their businesses or growing their businesses and you need some help and you want some people to talk to, check out our mastermind group, super cheap. It's a great opportunity for you to join other entrepreneurs, other pizzeria restaurant owners on a weekly and monthly basis and team up, brainstorm together and figure out what works that you can go do in your restaurant. You can go check us out, thesmartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind if you wanna get into all of that. All of our webinars, all of our mastermind calls, all of our tutorial videos, you also get access to if you're a member of our mastermind group. All right, let's get into today's episode with Brian from Adobo Pizza. All right, we have Brian from Adobo Pizza joining us again. He was on the podcast a while back, but he's joining us. Obviously, we're going through some crazy times right now, and he's pivoting his business as well. So, Brian, thank you so much, first of all, for taking the time and joining us on the show today. Hey, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be back. So, thanks. How are you navigating through the crazy time we're in? Well, I, I think like most other pizza operators, um, 
we're navigating through an unusually uh, an unusual time of business, I should say. You know, pizza is the perfect food to switch to a takeout operation. Um, so I think pizza operators have a real opportunity right now. I know that's a word you hate to use. Um, our pizza <laughs> is traditionally not not great for takeout. Right. <laughs> you know, the, our, our restaurant concept is a wood-fired pizzeria. And almost 90% of our revenue last year came from diners dining in. And that's our business model. So on March was our last night of service. And we did a, a takeout-only operation. And it very quickly occurred to me that we needed to stop, close, and rethink everything if we were going to do this for longer than a few days. So that's exactly what we did. How long did you close for? We closed for eight days starting on St. Patrick's Day and used most of that time to come up with a completely new style of pizza, a new operation, um, new training, new food, new menu, online ordering, something we hadn't done in the past, and curbside pickup. And with that, as you can see behind me, We've got stacks of pizza boxes all over the dining room. We had to get a tent for curbside pickup out front, new signage, new, you know, operational methods like how we're spacing our employees, new health codes. You know, we we made it that any employee who's traveled in the last two weeks can't work for another two weeks. If you live with an essential employee or your spouse is, works in a hospital, you just can't work during this time. We also have temperature checks uh, with an infrared thermometer for every employee that comes in. We're all wearing masks. We're all wearing gloves, things that we had never really thought about before this. So, yeah, this is a new world. The question of how are you holding up is it's a hard one to answer because it's just so bizarre. Wow, sounds easy. You made it so you build a whole new yeah. business in eight days. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, geez. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of info that you had to you had to deal with and figure out in a short period of time. And so, the one thing that stuck out to me the most, obviously, you know, the gloves, the mask. That's something completely unusual for most people. Like we're not used to dealing with pe people or in the real world. You know, you go to hospitals and you go see doctors. You're used to them wearing masks and gloves. But to see someone walking down the street with a a mask on, or to go in a restaurant with a mask on, is just for me, visually, it makes me freak out a little bit more, but you have to do that. But the one thing that stuck out to me the most of what you said is you completely changed your recipe for pizza? Oh, yeah, everything. And it for us, it was it was uh, almost providential because we had, you know, we bought our whole building about a year and a half ago. And a few months ago, we invested in some new equipment. And in the space behind our restaurant, we had started very slowly expanding. And we put in a private dining room, which wasn't finished yet. We put in a new oven, a deck oven. Um, we got a new mixer, some new refrigeration. And it really wasn't at working capacity yet. But we were in the middle of that <clears throat> to do a private dining room and also consider catering. And believe it or not, one of the reasons for this was to protect us in the event of a recession. I just had no idea that this might happen anytime soon. My theory was that wood-fired dine-in pizza is, is a really niche type of food and pizza and if the economy takes a hit people might do that less that was just a fear i had so we utilized that space immediately to switch from an, a neapolitan style to a roman style and i know you know roman some of your listeners know roman but yeah. um there's there's really two main roman styles there's altaglio which is cooked in uh these steel pans and they're very crispy it's sort of a handheld pizza yep. in rome there's also Alapala, which is cooked directly on the hearth and released from a peel. 
and that's a little bit crispier, but both of those styles are crispier than Neapolitan. And Neapolitan does not hold up well in a pizza box. It's difficult to eat. And ultimately, if this became a long-term thing, I just I couldn't stomach sending our food out and really hurting our brand long-term by an inferior product. So we switched to Roman pizza. <laughs> Jesus. So are you still doing Neapolitan, or you just stopped that for now? Yeah, we stopped it. We stopped it for now. When the, when we're allowed to open our dining room back up, yeah, they had no idea, and it was a risk, but it was a calculated risk. And when we made the decision, we made it because we thought this would be a great time to try out something new. Because, well, for one, customers' expectations are very different right now, yep. and our customer base, which is very loyal, they're also patient and understanding and and willing to support us through this. And while it might sound like I'm taking advantage of that, uh, and I guess I am, but it, it really saw it as an opportunity to, for us to try something new with much less risk. If we did this in a normal world where everybody's really eager to throw out a one-star or a five-star review or give you tons and tons and tons of feedback, which sometimes is helpful, yeah, it would be different. You know, right now people people were really understanding of that, and it proved to be very fruitful for us. Um, the Roman style that we offer, it's not a take and bake, but it's a very quick read. And we have little kind of Brandon stickers that we put on the box. And we suggest a, a five-minute reheat at 400 degrees. And for this style of pizza, that's all it needs to completely transform it and bring it back to life. And it, it really is. It's a great pizza. I'd say Detroit-style pizza and Roman-style pizza are probably the two best styles to get delivered or take out or eat later in a box. I agree a hundred percent, and I would say Neapolitan is the worst <laughs> style. Even New York style, when you think of like a, a New York style, that's not—it's never the same boxed, eaten later, or even reheated at home that it is eating there. Like those New York and Neapolitan are probably, even though New York you think of being the most delivered style of pizza, I don't think it's the best. Yeah, well, it's you know, we're, we say this to our customers and ourselves, like if we were to go get takeout somewhere and then had a 20 minute drive, doesn't matter what pizza it is. By the time you get home, it's not hot. Yeah. So for people who really want fresh pizza, they're going to reheat it anyways. So we might as well just hone in on that right now in this time, simplify our operations, become hyper efficient and just put it out there. This is what this is. Don't expect it hot right now. And people have been very welcome to it. What did you learn how to make Roman style pizza? Did you just experiment? No. So we, I took my manager down to Miami um, last February, and we spent time with Massimo's Roman Pizza Academy. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which was, yeah. So this was something that we had wanted to do for a while, and it was a, a bit of a like perk to be able to take him down and do this trip and learn a new style. And we did that because we would love to open a Roman spot somewhere in town, and we just didn't think that we would be trying it out this soon. I know, right? But it's like, I, like if you do say, I know I did say I hate the word opportunity in this environment just because I feel like it's uh, capitalizing on something that you probably shouldn't capitalize on. But it's a great time to do what you're doing, right? Like there's no better time than right now to test out something in your business that maybe you've always wanted to do but didn't have the cojones to really do it in the midst of real actual business. Now's the time to do that because like you said, people are much more forgiving now. They're much more aware of businesses trying to survive and if you're trying to test something out to in order to survive your business people will be like all right we'll give it a shot you know we'll be much more forgiving in the time of now like delivering or or changing your 
hours or eliminating those menu items that you maybe have always wanted to eliminate but never really thought you could now's the time to do all of that yeah and the process of like communicating to your guests right now it's it's so really instantaneous because people have a lot of time on their hands so they're all listening they're watching and listening people are at home bored out of their minds it really is a great opportunity to try something new but to also say things that maybe would have been weird to say before like i think it's a good time to talk about your margins or the way a restaurant's run you know how it why it's so hard to make money everybody seems to know that restaurants are hard to you know to succeed at like yeah. let's talk about all this stuff let's air all of our grievances let's let's like make this industry transparent if we ever want to change it the public perception has to also change with it so i really do see there's a lot of opportunity right now and we see businesses here in our local area that just sort of closed down indefinitely one because of some local mandates and two just sort of out of almost like a toxic fear of entering into this world that might not be safe and i'm Totally understand that. But what I'm trying to tell them is if you can do this in a safe way and feel good about it and have your staff feel good about coming to work, like you sh should be compelled to fight for your business right yes. now because we, we just can't rely on, we can't rely on a bailout. I mean, there are great resources and I'd love to talk about them for small businesses, but we still need revenue regardless of what kind of low interest, unsecured debt we get. We need revenue. Yeah. Where are you located again for people listening at home? So we're in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're it's in East Tennessee, just above Chattanooga. And is there a mandate where people have to stay inside or only essential business can be open? Yeah, there is. So there is a, a it, what started as a safer at home order and turned into a stay at home order. So all essential businesses can remain open. Restaurants are only allowed to be open as a takeout or delivery operation. Yeah. One thing I hope stands is like the handshaking thing. I hope we just go to fist pump and are like high five and like air high five. I could go away with handshaking, yeah. that's for sure. Well, it's funny you say that because our restaurant is known for being a hugging restaurant. Like, uh, it sounds weird saying that, but we really have gotten very close to our guests and our staff. And if you're in here on a Friday night, you'll you might watch a hundred hugs happen in front of the host stand. And that's not just between me or my wife who are the, you know, own the business. It's just a, a sense of community. So I hope we go back to that because I think that human connection is still vital. Well, hugging's different than handshake, right? Like some people's hands are really dirty, especially all these people yeah, just starting true. to learn how to wash their hands after being alive for so that's many true. years. Hugging's less dirty. Like if you hug me, it's fine. It's just shirt to shirt. Fair point. Right. Fair point. Like I'd rather hug than a, yeah. than a handshake. But anyway, let's get yeah, back to uh, some good thing. Yeah, some good things will come out of this. Absolutely. What did you did you did? You, is it the same name? Same name business as or yeah. did you like rename it and re rebrand it? Yeah. So our name is is Adopo. That's the LLC Adopo LLC. Um, we had been doing business as Adopo Sourdough Pizza. So a lot of our um, like we've got sourdough pizza painted on the side of the building. Um, now I actually rebuilt our website to where when you go on the homepage, it shows a picture of the new pizza. It also shows a subheading of the fact that we're in this COVID-19 era. It immediately gives you buttons for online ordering and our social media, all of our social media pages are not necessarily rebranded, but they're full of new photos and information regarding it. The name is still the same, but we are, we've made it very clear on our website, email blasts and the menu that this is not a sourdough style of pizza. And I don't think all pizza should be sourdough 
I love sourdough production, but this long, cold, bulk fermentation style of dough would be pretty difficult to do in cold temperatures because sourdough, uh, naturally leavened breads, don't. Pizzas just don't love cold temperatures. They like being warm, right? Room temperature. Yeah, generally speaking, warmer temperatures encourage yeast growth. Uh, um, colder temperatures create more of a bacterial situation, which is it's fine, but balancing that becomes a lot harder and harder in a commercial operation. I just talked to, yesterday. I talked so, to yeah. Um, I just talked to Justin Piazza, who has Pizza Piazza Romana in Arizona. Do you, do you know who he is? We've spoken a little bit on Instagram. I do know who he is because he's a guy with a Roman spot and a Neapolitan spot. So yeah. I absolutely know who he is. Yeah, he was talking about that too. He was saying like it's it's two different two different worlds, Neapolitan and Roman style. Like Roman style pizzas, you know, Neapolitan dough is delicate, but Roman style pizza dough is really delicate. Like you barely want to touch it. You're kind of just moving it from place to place and that's about it. Well, that's, that's interesting. I, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have, so it, it's probably foolish of me to try to you know, argue that. I, I would say the opposite. Um, well, for our dough, at least, our Neapolitan dough, meaning that it is naturally leavened and has less protein in the flour, it's by virtue of that more delicate because it's not as strong. Right. And so our, our pizza cooks have all been trained to handle a dough that is fragile and with a very quiet hand. The Roman dough, on the other hand, is a higher protein flour. It's much more robust since it is a straight yeasted dough. You can It's virtually indestructible. Um, now, preserving the air in the dough does require deft hand. I, I see what he's saying. But we've found that it is much easier operationally to train people on this style of dough. Well, that's exactly what he said. Style. He said, like, it's easier to train somebody from zero on Roman style dough than Neapolitan. Like if you have no experience making pizza, it's easy to train someone on Roman style because there's not as much to do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Versus like a New York style when you have to like really manipulate the dough and make it round and form the crust and all that stuff. Yeah, and our you know our manager Chris has been like a rock star right now because if he was not here and able to train our other cooks in this style, I just would not have had enough time in the day to do it. There's just so many other things to do right now, like applying for the paycheck protection program loan or other loans from our bank, getting mortgages deferred. We're also landlords. So, you know, working with the leases of our tenants is one thing, like all of our fixed costs and also being a part of the community and having a private life. Like <laughs> if we had to train our, if I had to personally train our cooks right now, how to make this pizza, this wouldn't have happened. So leaning on your staff and empowering them to, to do things is even more important now than ever. How long did it take to train them? Was that the why you were closed for the eight days? Yeah, that was a big part of it. I would say about three days for each person at each task was, was the most. And with our Neapolitan, it, it takes months. You know, people won't be able to work on our oven for months and months yeah. with a wood-fired oven, you know. What this is, is like less than a week. What's been the feedback from the customers? So far, it's all been very, very positive. And my problem with that, every time something is overwhelmingly positive, I'm like, all right, who's going to be honest with me? And so I've had to beg people, like, be honest with me. Give me feedback because we need to make changes. And we did have a customer call immediately after getting it and was like, hey, I love your pizza. I don't think this is a good decision because of the way the mozzarella melts on the pizza. It's very different and there's not enough sauce. He, you know, he thought we were trying to do a Nona style, which he was referring to as Sicilian, which has a lot more sauce. Yeah. And I like very humbly took all of this criticism and like, 
was grateful for it. And the very next day, we completely adapted our margarita pizza because I agreed with some of his points. And then the changes that we made were we did increase the sauce on it um, because the reheat does evaporate some of it. And we also spread out our mozzarella more evenly instead of a big chunky glob of fresh mozz on it. And instead of fresh basil, we switched to like a basil pizza stew, which has several different herbs and arugula, olive oil, lemon. And we drizzled that on. So we're increasing the surface area of all these flavors. Um, but more importantly, it reheated better and it was a better tasting product all around. And and we we took that one bit of criticism and found a way to improve on it. So criticism is still very important right now. Now, do you pre-make the, the crusts and then you serve, so like, we, and then you put the pizza together later? Yeah, so we, we bake all of our pizzas that day between uh, 1 o'clock and 5 o'clock because they're baked in full-size steel sheet pans. Yeah. And then between once they start coming out and cooling off, we start cutting and topping them between like four and five thirty. And all of our online orders start coming in right before, excuse me, right before five o'clock. So the way our ordering has been is that we have a small window where our ordering goes live and it can sell out pretty quickly, but they can pick it up whenever they want over the course of our hours. So people know that and they've been conditioned to get to it soon. So within 20 minutes of, opening our online ordering, we'll have 60 orders coming in. And it's madness for those 20 minutes. And nobody's out front. Nobody's waiting in their car. They're all at home. But we had to very quickly create a system where we can lay all those orders out and and pick them up. When I say pick up, I mean car pulls up. We notify the kitchen, verbal the name, and then we pick up their order to get it out. That system is all like super, super efficient. And for us to do it in this way, we, we can't offer the pizzas hot. It just, we would create such a bottleneck on the street with cars. And additionally, it's like four minutes in your oven at home. We're probably going to do that anyway. Right. So let's just lean, lean into that a little bit right now. And we're telling them, listen, if we had a Roman spot, this would be coming to you hot if you wanted it hot. This is us saving our business. Right. How did you explain that to the customers before you launched it? Yeah, so our an email blast, I cannot stress that enough for new operators. Gather email addresses immediately. We have, I think, 800, 900 people on our email list, and MailChimp is who we use. Yeah. And so that was the first thing. I notified them of the closure. I notified them of the reopening. That was number one. Uh, number two was posting that email blast on our website in a very easy-to-access way where it's like new business model in the COVID-19 area. So they, they can click on that and read it. Um, additionally, Facebook, Instagram, and we changed our voicemail on the phone line. So when they call in, they can hear that. Nobody listens to that. Um, we are, <laughs> we're all, all hands on deck when they call or email, we, we answer those questions. We also, like I said, put stickers on the box and tell them that when we hand it to them. So it's just using every line of communication. Now, did you, cause so I'm in the pizza world. My wife is pretty familiar with pizza. And if I said to her right now. Maybe today. But if I said to her six months ago or a year ago, I'm going to go pick up a Roman-style pizza. She would have looked at me like, okay. Like, she would have no idea what that is. Like, she just thought I was going to get pizza, and I said the word Roman-style in front of it. So did you have to – how did you explain to your customers, like, what they're going to get versus what you used to do? Yeah, well, we showed them photos of it. And they um, understood like by said, just it, looking at the photos? That's one thing. It, if you go to our website, and another thing is we've directed all online ordering through our website. Yep. So th- that that way they see a photo of our pizza. If you go right now, adopopizza.com. Uh, can I share your web- you see- Can I share your website right of now? Of course. As you talk? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
So you the might see first thing you see on it. Yeah, that's cool. The first thing you see, and look at the top. So, all right, Adopo curbside pizza in the COVID nineteen era, Roman yep. pizza, and our site online ordering. <clears throat> yep, and then we so go in here. You, you go online ordering. Online ordering. In this, this is, is the letter this, to the customer. Exactly, this is a letter to the customer. And also at the very top, we created a mock image where they could see there's a tent out front. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in addition to saying things like curbside pickup, they're also seeing, oh yeah, I'm going to have to stay in my car out front. There's like a lot of angles here. Um, and then from there, we just had to hope that it was going to be good enough to where they would then start talking about it, sharing the Insta stories, sharing the uh, posts and coming back. And they all have. So in that sense, it's just a very... Um, I don't know, expedited process of, a, of a rolling out of a new business. How long have you been doing it for now? Um, 16 days, 17 days. So we're talking April 9th. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, we're Thursday, April 9th. So you've been doing it for a little over two weeks. And what was the first couple of days? Yeah. Like? Was it chaotic? So the first day we sold out in 90 minutes. That's crazy. Um, I still can't believe that people like would sell out. I would never imagine you'd be able to sell out of a brand new product totally switching it, concepts in that new like and I people know. understand it and and it gets better the second day we doubled the amount of pizzas we made and we sold out in 20 minutes that just shows you that you've done such a good job that your customers trusted you yeah you know it really does and that kind of we call it goodwill um we have been building that goodwill since the day we were born before we were business owners and the way we treat people our staff our vendors our neighbors our customers like I've t- I talked about this with you last time on the podcast, and we are reaping the fruits of that labor now by simply doing, honestly, just doing what's right as often as we can. Like we had our our first payroll <clears throat> after all this happened. You know, we were closed for eight days, and we made the decision to pay everybody their uh, their average payroll, even if they didn't work, and we gave them that option. Um, we gave them the option of receiving average payroll claiming unemployment or a furlough. Um, but we also offered cash advances with 0% interest up to three months payback. So those were our three things we said to them. Um, we retained 16 of our 19 employees. The other three uh, made the decision to go on unemployment before we offered that average payroll because we did that when we started reading the CARES Act. Yeah. Um, and the CARES Act that was passed uh, got us pretty motivated to continue payroll because I do philosophically believe in the purpose of it and the purpose being retaining employees, paying them through the business. And if we can get reimbursed, great, but that's going to save the government a lot of money than just issuing out unemployment checks for 26 weeks. Like if you do those numbers, it's, there's a staggering difference in just out like cost outlay. Right. And hopefully you won't, it won't like this whole thing won't last 26 weeks. So you won't need to be, you can go back to work maybe if it's, you know, 15 or 20 weeks from now, whatever long. Yeah, I certainly don't think it would be that long. And in our case, we're still earning revenue. I mean, we're, you know, we, we're at like 75% of our pre-pandemic numbers in terms of revenue and our labor costs are down. Our hours are significantly down. Our margins aren't really the same because disposables are expensive. Right. And we're trying to add a lot of value right now. Um, Oh, another thing we did on our third day doing this is, when I was thinking about the sauce, not, there not being enough sauce on the pizza, we started including condiments um, so the customer could like pick which ones they want to add to it. Like whether it's a ramekin of basil and pistachio stew or like honey or Calabrian chilies, just giving it to them for free so they have the option of adding it on. And that, that helped a lot. What do you think about the CARES Act? Do you think that's going to help a lot of businesses? 
I think it will. I, I think the rollout of it is cumbersome, like any massive stimulus like that. It's expectations should be low on our part. Like this isn't going to happen overnight. Um, and our community downtown has been really, really good at communicating with each other, like between accountants, business owners, restaurant owners, um, advisors. So we're all like, we, by the time that the, the PPP application, for example, that one part of the carriers act that reimburses employers for continuing payroll, yep. it also reimburses, or I should say, um, it has debt forgiveness for payroll, <clears throat> rent, utilities, mortgage interest, or interest on prior debts. That is a massive help if people are able to get it. The biggest problem we're finding is that if you don't currently bank with an approved lender, you're going to have a hard time getting that money. And we fortunately bank with what's BB&T or now Truist. And they're a top six lender in this program. And and they preempted a lot of this with us because they, and this sounds like a paid advertisement, but I'm <laughs> just so happy with our bank, with our banker. Like he reached out to me and said, Hey, I understand you're going through a hard time. This is what we can do. Well, we can defer your mortgage for 90 days. Um, will that interest is due on day 91. The principal is going to go at the end of the term. Uh, we can also give you uh, an unsecured loan at prime rate, which was like 3.25%, wow. up to 50,000. And unsecured is incredible, like no collateral. It took 10 minutes to fill out the application. And that's basically free money. I mean, that's just cheap money. That has nothing to do with claiming a disaster relief. That's right. just them being good. Um, and so let's see, def deferment, uh, the unsecured loan, but then also they became an approved lender with the PPP program. And so we also applied with that through them, just really grabbing as much cheap money as we can that has no repayment penalties, really good terms, deferred payments, really like kind of gearing up to survive. I mean, they ha the government kind of had to do that, though, right? Because they told everybody that they couldn't work. Like, you can't tell everybody you can't work and you can't operate and then go figure it out. Like, they had to do that. That's exactly right. And before our local government issued any kind of mandates on closures, we were stuck in this, like, purgatory as businesses where we were opting to close down on our own. It's like we were bearing that social burden yeah. to do this. And so we were, like, demanding somebody, please, at least give us the mandates so we can have leverage in the event that we need cash. And it was just like an unprecedented scenario. Nobody really knew, and I don't blame anyone. But eventually, we got those mandates locally, and then at our state level, and you know, the federal level, things have changed as well. So once that happened, that gave people, business owners like me, peace of mind to do what was right. Have you got approved for that yet, or are you still waiting? So the that unsecured loan, immediate approval. Um, we also applied for what's called an EIDL portion of an SBA loan. It's like an immediate $10,000 um, loan that can also be forgiven and lumped into the PPP loan. Yep. Um, we haven't been approved for that, that $10,000 loan or for the PPP loan. Um, that now I don't know of any single person that has been approved of that yet or has received that money. We're expecting... A decision on that in the next like five to eight days yeah they got to be quick i mean um, but i, 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 mean, I, I yeah but they've they, got to be but people are like if your business closes how long if your business is closed how long can you or do they expect you to just be closed for before you're like i can't do it anymore no you're right and the one thing the government isn't slow at is collecting money like <laughs> yeah, the exchange no of money with the government <laughs> In my, in my experience is they are great at that. And so I'm a little more optimistic in getting the money to us. Um, but 
uh, yeah, like I said, I think that exchange of money is a little bit easier. You know, filing for unemployment is hard for people. It's a very cumbersome process. Um, kind of like uh, demoralizing too, a little bit too. Like, especially if you've never done it before or you enjoy working and like, I totally understand people in this scenario who have never even thought about that process. But what do you got to do? Like, you can't work out there. There's like, like there's limited options. Yeah, and we knew that if we were going to reopen, um, we had to be trusted by our community, which is why we went to such great lengths. Like I said earlier about the you know health codes, and you know we had like my my wife's grandmother making us masks, customers making us masks, and they would like drop them off for us and we'd give them free pizza and yeah. it, it sounds hilarious but all that is also goodwill and great it's just a great thing to talk about so it's like use every everything you have oh another thing that our state did which was really valuable and even some restaurants aren't taking advantage of it yet is the state of tennessee has a, a liquor by the drink tax which is 15 percent tax added on to things like wine and alcohol but you can't collect it on the customer it has to be built into the price so 15% is a pretty massive number. And like, if you Huge. think about wine sales for a restaurant over the course of the year, that's a lot of money. So what they did was they signed an executive order that said we would be allowed to sell wine and spirits in the takeout operation. And they would waive that liquor by the drink tax, which was huge so you started seeing like restaurants and bars packaging up margaritas and little pouches and it was a it was a good avenue but for us we're sitting on a huge inventory of wine and, and some sometimes we have wine like cases of wine that we bought for a wine dinner and we don't have on our menu and we yeah. need to move them so we're able to sell those now and actually have a much better margin on them and yesterday we created a thing we called a trust fall dinner for two for 65 bucks and you get two pizzas an appetizer a gelato which is like two to three for two to three people and a bottle of wine to so get a lot of food for 65 bucks but we get to pick all of it that's can you the send me some of that? part of it yeah uh you, you can see it on instagram <laughs> can you say, can <laughs> give you, me your address yeah, I'll, I'll put it on dry ice can you, put, can you mail it to me that sounds good yeah yeah just don't grab the dry ice <laughs> well let me ask you this we did two questions did your customers have any questions for you guys about how you're handling the food and like what you're doing inside of your operations. Like, were they concerned about that at all? Absolutely. Yeah. They were concerned about that. We got a lot of emails and calls and we did preempt some of that by, by, like I said, in that email blast and in our posts and in our voice message. And so we're, we went very public with, with what we've done. Yeah. And also when they're picking up their pizzas and this all started on our first day reopening, when they're picking up their pizzas, they're seeing our servers walk out with gloves and masks in a tent and like safe distances between all of us. So like immediately the first thing they see is, all right, these people are taking it seriously. I'm going to assume they're taking it seriously behind that facade. And we are. Do you, they put, do you put the order on a table and then like you back away and they go pick up the order? We did it first and now it, we're handing it to them in their, or their cars or they're popping their trunk open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, we're wearing gloves and we're also replacing the gloves and it's, it's about as safe, I think it's as safe as it can possibly be in this food operation. Jesus, what the hell are we living through right now? This is unbelievable. I have no idea. I, I don't know. But it, I think, man, I, I wouldn't even fear using the word opportunity anymore. Like, we all, this is all, we're all living in the same world. Like, we've got to make the most of it and yeah. still do right by people. Like, seize the opportunity, man. You know, save your business. Try something new. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. <laughs> I I admire the guys like you who are, you know, pivoting. I mean, you did a drastic change to your business in such a short period of time and 
you didn't lay anybody off. It sounds like that didn't want to be laid off, and you you're you're still chugging along. And I admire that. I think that's the hardest thing to do right now. Is it's easy to give up, right? It's easy to just be like, oh, I can't do it. The government said I had I had to change, and it's easy to just throw in the towel and be like, all right, I can't yeah. do it. It's hard to make those decisions and keep moving forward. So I admire you for that it's good e- job. It's easy, especially when these restaurant owners are working 90 hours a week and suddenly they're given like a week off and they're now rethinking their very existence as a restaurant operator. I can't blame them for being like, you know what, like, screw this. I'm out. I don't want to go back to that life I had, but I'm not saying it's like that for us now, but I get it, man. It's a tough industry and and it needs to change. Hopefully this will change it. Uh, We had a, there's a group of restaurants downtown that are trying to get together and create this I don't know, like collective bargaining with customers by charging for credit card swipes. Yep. So the the proposal is like, what if we all put a 3% line item on our checks when this is over and charge credit card transactions? What do you think of this? And I was like, honestly, man, I, I love the idea. I love where your head's at. We need to change things. If that transactional swipe went to cover like health insurance for our industry, which nobody has health insurance, by right. the way. Maybe I could get behind it, but I'm not, I, I feel like customers in our area already feel a little bit bamboozled with the whole tipping scenario. Like you go into a restaurant, you spend 50 bucks on food, taxes, another nine and a quarter percent tips, 20%. So you're out the door 30% above what your menu prices were. And there's just this really weird dynamic that I don't want to add on to that by then throwing another tax onto them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like the government, like you said, like my wife was saying this to me the other day, she's like, how, how do we have all of this money to just hand out right now, but yet we can't cover people if they get sick? And I'm not like for or against universal health care. I don't want to get into politics. But how do we have all this trillions of dollars right now? That means, that means we just spend so much money on stupid crap. Yeah, it's hard for me to answer you without getting into politics. So I, I guess I'll just leave that floating. In the- <laughs> you can get into politics. I just didn't want to get into politics. Now, I mean, it's, I, I will say in terms of healthcare, like if this doesn't expose a gigantic weakness in our country, a country's healthcare system, I don't know what will, uh, you know, we, we do something pretty cool here at our restaurant where we have them, all of our, all the people on our staff that want to, they have access to primary care and we cover half the cost of that. Uh, but it's with a nurse practitioner and they be, she has become their primary care facilitator. Yeah. And so a lot of things are covered under that, um, which is great because they now they've all been they've all been uh, talking with her regularly about this and actually have some kind of communication. But most people in our industry is just everything's out of pocket. man. And like what I would love to see happen is I would like to see some really entrepreneurial person start a new health insurance company that targets an industry like an industry specific provider like restaurants, for example, people who work in restaurants are 16 to 38 years old. Like yeah. they are not an at risk portion of the population. Why don't we start rethinking this? Like, so we don't have to bear the burden of people who are on the cusp of Medicare. Like, let's try that out. Like, yeah. let's just wipe the floor clean and just try it all. Try something else. Cause this isn't working. Like we can't pay $900 a month for two healthy 28 year olds for health insurance. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, it is kind of true. And for the most part, restaurant workers are pretty resilient and healthy because they know they don't have health insurance. So they never really go to the doctor yeah. for stupid crap. Um, this yeah. was a great conversation. So what's your plan for reopening? Are you going to reopen back to normal or what's the deal? 
Like not reopening because um, I know you're open now, but like when this is over. Um, we're going to reopen as soon as the government tells us it's safe to reopen our dining room. Absolutely, we will. If if it's safe and responsible, we're going to do it. My my biggest fear is that people just won't want to go out to dining rooms for a little while. So that's why we have created this new business model to kind of edge our bets. And when you open and reopen and everything's safe, are you going to go back to Neapolitan or are you going to keep both? That's a great question. I, I don't see how we couldn't meld these two together. And, and like I said, we were building a private dining room back there because we were already expanding. And we, we were booking events for the space that all got canceled because of this. So now we might not do it as a private dining room. We might have like a, like a different by the slice joint in the back where we've got, you know, was it business in the front party in the back? I guess we're like, our, nice. our building is like a, a it's a mullet. It's mullet. a mullet business. Yeah. I don't, so I don't know. And, and we're also would consider other opportunities downtown, like in, in our downtown area, if, if it worked out that we had a second spot that's just devoted to Roman, that would be really cool. But man, this is just, it's too early. It's really too early to say I, what I will say is, we're going to do whatever it takes to survive as a business and do right by our staff. That's amazing. Well, it's a great story. Go check them out, adobopizza.com and on Instagram, adobopizza. People, if they have any questions or they listen to this podcast, which I'm going to try to get out sooner than later, probably next week, they can reach out to you and ask you anything. Yeah, and we, we would love it. I think, you know, email is a great source, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at adobopizza.com, Instagram. I don't really check Facebook very often, so good luck with that. Um, but Instagram, email, you'll get me. And we love talking about this stuff. So if we can help with anything, please just reach out. Brian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was awesome talking to you again. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. Good luck to you. All right, well, thank you to Brian for joining us on the podcast. Thank you to you for listening to our podcast. Go check out our mastermind group if you want some help. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. You get access to the Pizza Summit recordings, all of them, all 35 of them plus all of our tutorial videos, plus access to our private Facebook group, plus access to everything that we do behind the scenes over here at SPM. Go check it out, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind. If you missed anything that we talked about on this podcast or you want to go check out Brian's website, we'll list all of the links over on the blog post for this episode of the show on our website. Go check that one out. I've also been going live on Facebook, hanging out with you guys talking about what's happening in the world, sharing some articles, sharing some advice over on Facebook, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're around 10 a.m. Eastern time, come join me, grab a cup of coffee. Let's talk marketing. Let's talk pizza. Let's talk business. 10 a.m. Eastern time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday over on Facebook. If you're listening to this podcast way in the future after it comes out, we may not be doing that. But if you're listening to it the first couple weeks it comes out, Come over to Facebook, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hang out with me, talk marketing, talk business, talk pizza, and let's just hang out in network. All right, thank you guys so much. If you need to reach out to me, you can reach me at bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. Also on Instagram, at the Bruce Irving. Shoot me a message, tag me with your photos, and we'll spread some love on our end. All right, guys, thank you so much. Hopefully you're having a great week. Be safe, and we'll see you on the next one.